for this. What is nothing? Hey, now that's D. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. That's the bro. Serious questions with silly people. I'm your host, Christina P. I'm still not used to that. I don't know. It, it, it changes every day. Uh, thanks for joining. I'm, uh, I don't know. Oh, wait. First of all, I want to thank everybody who came out to Brea. I did the improv there, and I know you guys are out there. Thank you so much for coming. And also, I wanted to announce I have two other dates, three other dates, April 1 and 2 um, at Flappers in Burbank. And then uh, there's 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock shows. And then April 7th, I headline the Irvine Improv. And you're wondering, Christina, what's, 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 what's all the headlining? I know. I'm, I'm working on something. Something's cooking in the ethers. And I'd love your support um, if you could come out and, and, and just laugh, right? Just have fun with it. <laughs> also, uh, I hope you use Amazon. I do. I, I I use it all the time. I buy everything on Amazon. And I also shop through my own banner. <laughs> so if you would do that, that would be great. Go to thatsdebropodcast.com. Go to the homepage. Click on the little square at the bottom. And just do your shopping as you normally would. And it just kicks back a little bit to the show. Nothing mage. Nothing severe. Hello. So what's happening today, guys? I have uh, have people in my house. Isn't that the worst when you have people in your house, strangers in your house, installing things because we moved three weeks ago and uh, uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's horrible. People, you know, installing TVs and cables and things like that. So it's so horrible. Uh, but it's good because I haven't had television in three weeks and I thought it would be a lot harder. It's really not that hard for me. I, I think there was like a year, I mean, in college I really never watched television cause I just didn't have the time. And, uh, there was like a year I lived up in the, in the hills of, of Silver Lake in that wacky stair street house. I had to climb up 150 steps to the house that I lived in at one point. And I had like, I had no TV. I had nothing for a year and oddly, uh, pretty good for me. <laughs> pretty healthy. I feel, um, I feel cl- clean, clear. I feel a little more agitated because, you know, it's it is good to turn the brain off for a while and just kind of watch something, um, watch something silly. But uh, at the same time, I, I feel I don't feel as bad about myself. I think advertising, as as much as I don't watch commercials, I. I DVR stuff and then I fucking forward through it, bro. Like I'm not watching commercials. I don't want to hear them. I don't want to uh, nothing. But um, I do. I feel better about myself. I don't feel as fat. I don't feel as old. I don't feel as ugly or unattractive <laughs> that I haven't watched commercials on television. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look. Either way, life is great. I love TV. I'm I'm looking forward to House of Cards. Um, I didn't get to watch that yet. I didn't get to watch the series finale of Downton Abbey. So. I'm super stoked to catch up on what's happening with those English fucks. So, in the meantime, sorry, I'm trying to get comfortable here. Because in the meantime, you know, I was thinking about last week, I 
uh, I talked to my off the gridder buddy and he has this amazing wife that I've never met, but she sounds pretty freaking cool. Her name is Alyssa, Alyssa. And he said something that really kind of resonated with me last week about, about, uh, Alyssa, you know, she went through some pretty hard stuff with her dad. You can listen to the last episode off the grid if you want to hear details about this. Um, but she went through some crap with her, her dad. It was pretty traumatic and like ended up finding dog racing of all things, which I love dogs. So great. And going to Alaska and, and being a professional dog racer. Cool. And I, uh, but he said something really neat about her that she had the ability to find the positive stuff or to find the, um, the good bits amongst all the chaos. And I was like, wow, that is, uh, if that isn't the essence of it all, man, that's, uh, that is such a skill. And that, that really is a skill. It's not, I don't think it's something, I mean, I don't know, maybe some people are born with the ability to do that, but I thought what a neat way of being. And, and if, uh, if I could cultivate a little bit more of that, maybe I'd be happier. Cause there are times there are times where I'm able to do that and times when I'm not. So what's that all about? And um, yeah, well, let's talk about it. All right, let's go into it first. So, you know, I like to do it with a song. For some reason, this song's been stuck in my head when, when it came to this topic. All right, bros, let's go. Let's get deep on it. Da, 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 da. Is there an ashtray in here? What? Can we smoke in here? Yeah, Eric's got those pockets. The good time. Yes. The good times are killing me. Here we go. Got dirt, got air, got water, and I know you can carry. Yeah. 
Looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> hey, of course, uh, that is the one of my favorite characters in all of comedy, Booger Presley. Hello, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, telling that jock uh, what he thinks, which is so funny. I just I love that clip so much, and I I was thinking like, what makes me happy? And it's it's Revenge of the Nerds, dude. That's like one of the most perfect comedies. Of all time. Any 80s comedy makes me supremely happy. It was an era before political correctness destroyed everything. You can make jokes about every ethnicity, every every situation. There was no holds barred on a, on comedy. Of course, now it's it's a very different landscape, but holy shit, Booger Presley. <laughs> Look at my mom's old douchebag. <laughs> it's in Ohio. Good. Good work. See, this is what your brain should be formed on as a young child. Revenge the Nerds. The only part of that movie that's a little hinky is when um, the guy, uh, one of the nerds, pretends to be the jock because he's wearing a Darth Vader mask and then he has sex with the with the girl who doesn't know who he is, who thinks it's the boyfriend. That's a little rapey and weird. But, you know, hey, it was the 80s. That, that's the other side of... Of, of being able to make fun of everything. There was just, it was white guys doing everything and they didn't care about being rapey and weird. So there you go. Revenge of the Nerds. And then before that, obviously Modest Mouse, my faves. Uh, man, I love that song. The good times are killing me. Obviously it's a song about partying too hard and, and you know, constantly chasing the dragon of, of the good times. And of course that's what kills you. And, and it's also, you know, not just chemical abuse, substance abuse, but I think we're always chasing the dragon of the next best thing, right? The bigger, better deal, uh, the next happy moment. And I, as I said, I was uh, really taken with what my, my guest on Off the Grid last week was saying about his, his wife, Alyssa, the ability for her to find you know, uh, the joy, the, the, the simple pleasure in the current situation, the good time. And, and instead, as, instead of chasing the good time, because I think, isn't that what kills you? It's the good times, man. It's the uh, constant chasing this dragon of, of what comes next. What's the bigger, better deal, right? Yeah. Fuck. You know, and, uh, <laughs> What they teach you when you go into labor. Okay, so like, you know, I didn't think I would have to deliver a kid normally. Um, so in the last couple weeks before my due date, I was reading about how to make a baby come out of your cooch, and ugh, I really didn't want to do it. But um, there's this idea that women can handle childbirth, yeah, right, because there's contractions, right? But in between the contractions there is a space in between the horrible, agonizing, body-breaking pain of labor contractions. There's always a rest. 
And that's why they time contractions. That's kind of how you know you're getting closer to the baby coming out of your cooch is that they they get closer and closer and closer together and and it gets more and more intense, the bad times, right? The suffering. <laughs> but I always, I, I thought that was interesting too, that in between contractions, right? They're five minutes apart. They're three minutes apart. They're two, they're one, they're bang, blast off. There's always a rest space. And uh, I remember being, when I first went into labor, it was like two in the morning, I'm laying in bed with my husband and I didn't know I was going into labor and it was the day I was supposed to have a C-section. So I was like, surely I cannot be going into labor. Surely the gods, the gods won't curse me that way. And, and you know, they did. And oh my God. Anyway, I'm laying in bed and um, I just remember reading that, that to, to kind of get over the labor contract, not get over, but to deal with contractions, you have to focus on the space between them. And I think that's a, that's a great metaphor for life, for everything, right? Uh, if you focus on the pain, on the contraction, you're not going to get through it. Because guess what? Labor can last for really, I don't know. It doesn't last forever. It feels like it will, but it won't. Maybe a day, maybe 24 hours. I, I don't know. I've not heard of women going any long. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I have heard of it. But generally speaking, it shouldn't last more than 24 hours. Let's hope, right? And uh, so when you're in that situation, you can either A, focus on the pain or B, focus on the space between the pain and enjoy the rest in between. And so that's kind of how they talk women into doing it naturally is they convince you that, you know, as long as you're focusing on the space between and resting, because you have to save up your energy because labor is a, it's a marathon, right? That somehow that's going to carry you through this horrible ordeal of birth. Yikes. Um, So I did that. I did that in the beginning. When I first went into labor, I started focusing on the space in between, but I didn't have much time because it it happened very quickly for me. But uh, man, I tell you, intense. Won't be doing that again. But uh, yeah, so the space in between and what does that mean? And how do we do that? And does that mean that we should always be happy and should we be Pollyanna all the time and looking for happy? I'm just happy all the time. No, of course not. That's retarded. And, and those people are super annoying. And I think our culture wants you to think that if you're not deliriously happy and contented all the time, contented or content, I don't know. But if you're not, you know, if you're not perfect and on fleek, and you're making your millions that somehow uh, something's deficient with you. You should be medicated. You should be fitter. You should be uh, trying to constantly improve oneself. And I don't know, is that, is that, should we constantly be working towards self-improvement? I'm not sure that's the goal either. Because then that means that what I am now is somehow deficient. And I'm always in a constant state of deficiency. If I'm never good enough, then every day sucks and everything I do sucks and I have to get better, right? Oh, that's fucking terrible. No. So anyways, I was also uh, watching this great documentary called Twinsters about two identical twins who, uh, they're Koreans, I I think South Korea, yeah, South Korean. Yeah, right? <laughs> Who's from the North? Come on. Anyway, uh, South Korean girls, these two identical twins, and they were separated at birth. One of them was sent to go live in Los Angeles. 
And she became um, like an actress in, in various films. And then the other one was raised in France by a mom with horrendous teeth. Just such a typical, what you picture to be like, I don't know, like a, like a farm French person, you know, with just big ungainly teeth. And But both her parents were like hardcore Frenchies looking, you know, like they lived out in the outskirts somewhere and just ate crusts of bread every day and threw it at the ducks and, you know, lived on brie and wine. That's what I imagine, but... Yeah, so one one got sent to L.A., one got sent to France, um, neither knowing about the other, which is crazy genes. And then one day, the girl, the actor, puts out a video on YouTube, and in France, her the friends of the other identical twin go, is that you, dude? Is that, holy shit, look at you in this video. And um, they show her the video, and she goes, well, it looks just like me, let's... Let's uh let's find her and they fucking find each other on YouTube, which is a maze. And they they talk online for months and months and they finally meet. I hope I'm not spoiling this for you. It's Twinsters on Netflix. It's amazing. And they meet and what's really kind of kooky shoes is that they were raised completely differently. Um totally different, different regions of the world. But they were kind of still, they were still the same. They could do the same things with their mouths. They did this little popping sound that they could both do. Um, And they took these psychological evaluations. And they were both more or less identical in nature. One being more introverted and the other being more of an extrovert. Obviously, the actress being more of an extrovert. But that's so, uh, I think that was so interesting that, first of all, it doesn't really fucking matter how you're raised. So... I know a lot of us go, yeah, I mean, myself included, Jesus, I blame my parents for every uh, deficiency that I have, failure in their parenting, <laughs> right? It's all, your, it's all my parents' fault. They fucked me up. Uh, but I don't know. Would I have turned out any differently had I been raised by two normal people, two higher functioning people? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Uh, but there's a there's a line in that movie that got my wheels turning where the French sister, so there's a point where the two sisters go, we should go to this southern South, South Korean, um, it's like a like a meetup of all the uh, people that were adopted out of Korea and, and meet the other people, and uh, the French twin goes, no no no, I don't want to do that because I don't need to make this situation better. Like this is already good you and me finding each other. Do we have to go back to Korea to the, the place that essentially started um, the drama for us? I don't want to go back. I don't want to relive anything. And she says this wonderful thing. She goes, uh, we have a saying in France that the enemy of the good is better. The enemy of the good is better. And I was like, fuck, that's deep, bro. Because, I mean, isn't that the truth? We're like, oh, this is this moment's so good right now. Like, I can't tell you how many times I would sit with my husband and we'd be watching a sunset. Like, we're on vacation somewhere, or I don't know, doing something, something cool. And you're like, oh, you know, what make this moment better. A glass of wine. Hold on, let me let me get up and and go get a glass of wine. The sunset is amazing, but I I definitely need a glass of wine. Okay, hold on, let me open the bottle. Where's the bottle opener? Where are the glasses? Okay, they're here. Okay, here's your here's your glass of wine. Are we enjoying the sunset now? How about now? Okay, well, wait a minute. Oh, you know what? I'll make the sunset even better. Crackers. 
We need some crackers to go with the wine. Oh, well, let me go find the crackers. Okay, the crackers are in the cover. <laughs> Which one do you like, sweetheart? Do you like the the pepper ones or the uh, the triscuits? Oh, the tris- Yeah, the triscuits, definitely. I bring the tris- You know, we need, we need some cheese. Oh, well, well, I got that Gouda the other day from Trader Joe's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like to eat the skin either. Okay, let's, let me peel the skin off the cheese. And by the time I would do everything I could to make the moment more perfect, the moment had passed. I had missed the sunset. And now I'm involved in making this other moment more perfecter, more perfect. Everything needs to be more perfect. I can't just let it go. I can't just let what's happening be. And I think that's the the very crux of my discontent. I don't know about you, but there are so many moments that I look at now and I'm like, man, had I just not tried to fix them and make them better, just let something be good. Just let it be good. Not everything has to be better. And I know that I do this with my my husband. You know, I try. I fucking try to shut up. Where you're like, uh, oh, you know, I try to make him do stuff to make the house better. You got, you got to take the trash out now, babe. You can't. I can't wait. Can you hang this thing for me now? Because now, now, and and I know, I know, I make him miserable some days when he's too tired. Because I think that it could be better. Things need to be better, 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 and. It's just not the case. It's not the case. Yeah, fuck. Anyways, I'm also going to, um, I want to just play stuff. I was thinking, if we're going to enjoy the stuff in between the contractions, right? The rest between the contractions. The contractions of life being the, the suffering, the bullshit. The traffic, the boss, the job you fucking hate, the hassles, the waking up in the middle of the night. <laughs> to feed your baby, whatever it is, whatever it is. Enjoy the space between the contractions. Enjoy, enjoy the good. It doesn't have to be better. It just has to be good. So I'm going to play some stuff for you in, in between talking that shit that just makes me happy. Cause you know what? I do a lot of these deep topics. I do a lot of stuff about the bummers. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say let's get happy, but why don't we just enjoy the space together? Let's enjoy calmly. And I think that's the key. I think happiness is never a, a great goal because it implies some sort of mania, right? Like um like people that suffer from manic depression, there's up, 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 happy, 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 happy. And what happens when you search for happy, 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 which is what America tells you to do, right? You gotta be happy, everybody's gotta be perfect and skinny and happy is that there's a crash. There's always a crash to happy, happy, happy. There's the downside to it, which is you got to come down from happy, happy. And then what happens? Well, let's, let's go chase the dragon again of happy, happy. Fuck yeah, man. I'm, I'm a winner. I'm going to take a picture. I'm putting this shit on Instagram. I'm fucking perfect. Everything's amazing. Look how many friends I have. <laughs> Look how cute my baby is. Yeah, look at my life. I'm perfect. Everything's fucking awesome. <laughs> the problem is you come down. You come fuck down from something like that. So let's let's today not search for happy. Let's just search for the good times, mellow times, bros, punctuations in between, the, the, the moments in between. Because I'll tell you, one thing I've learned having a newborn is that you really look for those moments in between the hard times. Now, it's gotten easier. 
please don't write in and tell me. It gets better. I know it fucking gets better. It's gotten better. I love my kid. He's 14 weeks. He's a person now. He's becoming a tiny person. It's so much better. So much better. For a while, it was fucking dark. It was bleak. I was suffering, guys. I was in my pajamas all day, every day for two and a half months, and it was a nightmare. And uh, the days and the nights blended, and this it was horrible. My body was busted up. My psyche was busted up. Everything was broken. The only thing I looked forward to was this podcast, my Your Mom's House podcast. And I was, once a day, I would go outside and I would just sit and I would just fucking sit in the sunshine. (laughs) And I remember thinking, this is it. This is the punctuation. This is the space in between the shitbird contractions. I got to enjoy this moment. And that's definitely what uh, having a child has taught me so far to enjoy the space, to uh, the, the, the relenting of the, the hard stuff, you know. And man, I tell you, I've done some fucked up things in my life. I've done hard shit in my life. I've been to Afghanistan. What? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I've done a lot of stuff. Uh, having a kid probably, and I know a lot of people are like, it's the hardest thing. It is. It's so un- unbelievably, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say things are hard. I'm supposed to be positive and say they're challenging. That's the new thing, by the way. You can't just say shit's hard and it sucks. You have to say, because of the corporate world, we live in the corporate culture. It's a challenge, and I look forward to new and exciting challenges. <laughs> forward. I look forward to challenge. Who the fuck looks forward to that, to awful things? What a dumb thing to say to people. What a dumb thing to program us all into thinking. Hardships are just challenges for me to overcome. Yay! <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, I'm going to play for you because we're, we're doing a space in between the contractions day. I'm not going to go for happiness. I'm just going to go for let's enjoy. Let's enjoy the moments. Uh, this is one of my favorite, favorite fucking things on the planet. This uh, athlete, Alan Iverson. I like the name Alan. Alan Iverson. Uh, this guy, he's, I always feel bad for athletes giving press conferences. It's the stupidest thing in the world to me. I mean, if you've just lost a game, is that really what you want is to have the media putting microphones in front of your mouth and having you explain your loss and why you lost and what, what you could have done? No, listen, when you bomb in life, you fucked up. That's all you can say. You know, if I bomb on stage, do you think I want to do an interview about it afterwards? Like, how do you feel? Well, how do you fucking think I feel? I feel terrible. I messed it up. I did bad. Next time I'll do better. End of, end of interview. What the fuck are we interviewing athletes for? First of all, most of them aren't great speakers. They don't have to be. They're athletes. That's their job. Do your job. Just do your job, sweetie. You know, the guy who, who can catch a ball, I can't do that. But the, that's not his job to talk. Anyway, Iverson, Alan, Alan Iverson talking about practice. This is probably one of the funniest fucking things. And I, every now and then when I'm feeling blue, I just listen to this guy and I'm like, that's what's up. This is the right attitude to have in life. Teach your kids. Anybody tell you that I miss practice. If, 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 if a coach say I miss practice and y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might've missed one practice this year, but if, if somebody say, he doesn't come to practice. It can be one practice. Out of all the practices this year, that's enough. If I can't practice, I can't practice, man. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> I mean, 
Simple as that. It ain't about that. It's, it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's it's it's, it's easy to, to to talk about. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? Practice. We talking about practice, man. <laughs> we, talk, we talking about practice. We talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We talking about practice, man. When you come into the arena... And you see me play, mm-hmm. you see me play, don't you? Mm-hmm. You see me give everything I got, right? Mm-hmm. But we talking about practice right now. But it's an issue that you're We talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me too. I, I mean, it's strange, it's strange to me too. But we talking about practice, man. We not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We talking about practice. <laughs> How the hell can I make my teammates better by practice? There you go. And I'm sorry, he's not a football player. Iverson is... Anybody uh, tell Oh, sorry, basketball, basketball. Sorry, my bad, guys. Listen, I don't watch the sports. I just do enjoy these interviews because I, I get it. Can you imagine the, the guy misses one fucking practice? He's, he's an amazing uh, player, and they grill him on, why didn't you go to practice? <laughs> well, fuck you. Don't worry about it. Let me win some games. And, and, and you can, you know, stop swinging from my nuts. Talk about practice. You know what I'm saying? Pra- practice. <laughs> practice. <laughs> so funny. Good for you, Iverson. Fuck these idiots, right? You fucking stick it to the man. Stick it to the man. Anyways, so Alyssa. I was thinking about Alyssa. Alyssa. What a cool thing. And I how she was the ability to find the good stuff. And um, I was sitting with my husband and we were, we were, you know, we moved to a a bigger house now. We have a little more room because we were on top of each other before. And, uh, you know, we're lucky. We have a good life. Everything's good. And I remember we we were reminiscing about this, the last, I don't know, 11 years we've had together and, I mean, we were fucking so broke and struggling for so many years. And, you know, it's funny because things are much, much easier now. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, it's like now we can be happy, right? (laughs) Now, now I give myself permission to be happy because everything's, everything's worked out. Is that, we have a kid, we're happy, everybody's healthy. Is that, is that the goal? Now I can, now I can be happy. And I was thinking back to our earlier days, like, it was hard. It sucked. Transition and, and being in your, well, then I was in my late twenties and, um, trying to, trying to make it right. It sucks, but we were always relatively happy. I'm not saying we were, 
comfortable. I'm not saying we didn't bake pecan pies every few days and eat them entire, uh, entirely one sitting uh, to deal with the depression, but we always did have each other and we always did find things to be joyful about and to laugh about and uh, find that space in between the contractions. You know, and if we had five bucks, five dollars, we'd go and, and have a cup of coffee somewhere and just bullshit and watch people. You know, you don't need a lot of money to be happy. You don't need a ton of, you know, I, I tell you, even, even, even when I was making a lot more money and I, I had it to, to buy stuff, I tell you, I never even liked the shit that I bought. For what, man? How many fucking handbags do you need? How many shoes? How many clothes? It's all the same shit. And I don't even wear them, man. You know, I wear the same shit every day anyways. I buy the multiples. I shop at the Gap, dude. Old Navy. I wear the same shit every day. Because it's too much work to have all that stuff. Ah, Besides the point. The point is, there is something to be contented with at every level. Because guess what? It just replaces. Everything replaces itself. Whatever you're worried about today, you're going to be worried about something different a year from now. That space in your brain, that fucking bullshit space that's full of all the stuff that you're worrying about on a, on a treadmill of worry and concern and anxiety, it's not like it's going to go away once you've solved this problem. Something new is going to pop up, you know? I think that's the point. <laughs> is that it's, a, it's always something. It's always something. It's always something. You're never going to be free of whatever is bothering you. You're never going to be free of the drama, the human drama, right? Talking about practice. You're always going to have to go to practice no matter what. Talking about practice. Not, not, not a game. Not a game that I love, but talking about practice. There's always going to be practice. You always got to practice. So there you go. I've always been happier. Not happy. But I think there's always, you just realize that it's the same shit, different toilet. That's really what it is. I think that's the point of this show. It's same shit, different toilet. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have problems. It's always going to be a fucking flurry of shit. What are you going to do? You're always going to succumb to it? Are you going to be a fucking crybaby about every shitty thing that happens to you? I mean, look, sometimes you get down. I get that. Sometimes you got to push back. You got to tell the press, look, motherfucker, we're talking about practice right now. Okay? Don't always give in. Don't, don't give in to the, the fucking crybaby bitch in your head that tells you, oh, my life is terrible. I'm not saying I can do it all the time. But man, that's, that's the misery. That's the, the secret, I think, to everything is don't give in to that, the, the, the victim that tells you that everything is rotten. What can I do? Boo, 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 boo. You know? I mean, yeah, come on. You've traveled, right? You've been to shitty places, worse places in the U.S. How are those people happy? How are people in Afghanistan happy? I don't think they are, but I don't know. You know what I mean? How can you be happy without a pair of Gap jeans? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, here's what I was thinking about, too. So many times, it's like uh, the suffering we heap it on ourselves, right? Like you, you just heap it on yourself. How many times have I had the impulse to go outside, to go swimming, to go for a walk, to call a friend? And I go, no, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Why? Just to prolong my suffering, right? It's like the sick thing that you do so that you can continue along this low grade depression as opposed to just going, oh, wait a minute. That's, that's my mind giving me the out. That's my unconscious mind 
giving a loving assist to what might pull me out of the suffering of this moment, you know? Uh, Like last week, I had this impulse, go swimming, go swim, go for a swim, go out in the sunshine, Christina. And uh, my brain went, yeah, that's a great idea. And then the other part of my brain went, yeah, but you know, what a hassle. You know, you gotta, someone's gotta watch the baby and uh, do you really want to see yourself in a bathing suit right now? And uh, it's so, is it too hot? Uh, The pool's so far. I don't know. I I have to find a towel. Where am I going to find a towel? Like things like that. And then I listen to my brain. That's the the secret. Like listen to your dumb brain's chatter. That's all that is, a chatter. And I went, wait a minute. Are you talking yourself out of doing something that could potentially be awesome for you? That could potentially change the trajectory of your day and your week and your mental health and your physical health. And so I fought the, the angry troll in my brain and I went, all right, go swim. And I did. And it was great. And I saw sunshine on my skin. I hadn't hadn't been on the sun in three months. Then I swam and I felt like a human being. And yeah, you know, of course I was like, I'm fucking fat as shit, but who cares? I came home. I was in such a better place. And I thought, wow, I've been doing this forever, ignoring the impulse to call a friend. How many times have you done that? Nah, I'd rather just suffer. I'd rather just sit here and be depressed. (laughs) Uh, Should I go outside? No. No, let's just continue this this slump that I'm in. Let's continue to be, what? The keywords on this show, anxious and depressed. Let's continue that cycle. (laughs) Yeah, god damn it. Yeah, so there you go. Don't ignore the impulse to do something. And what else? Oh, right, okay, so I read this book. Hold on, what is the... uh... Oh, okay. So this is a book recommended to me by my friend, Miss Leslie. And hold on, let me pull it up for you. It's called The Untethered Soul. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I tell you, I'm so embarrassed uh, every time I I tell you the title of something that I'm reading. Uh, That's a sign, right? God damn, I am embarrassed. Anyway, uh, The Untethered Soul. (laughs) Um. I wish I'd be embarrassed. Listen, I like all this shit. Well, who am I kidding? Okay, listen. Anything that helps me get out, get out from under my own bullshit. So this book is—I uh, haven't read all of it. I, I confess, I kind of had to do it quickly. But here's what I've gleaned as being the relevant bits. What we were talking about earlier about hey, I should go swimming, and then I go, no, you can't do that. The towel, the the bathing suit. Well, that's just brain chatter, okay? It's you talking to you. Um, and it's, this guy says it's kind of how we identify and make sense of the world when we, the chatterbox in our brain makes sense of the world, what's happening. We kind of narrate stuff so that we don't feel so completely lost and out of, out of touch and terrified. We're just animals, right? Uh, so this is our animal brain comprehending stuff. Um, so for instance, if you're talking to yourself and hold on. Oh, right. You start yelling at yourself. This is totally what everybody does. <laughs> so like, let's say you're, you're saying something to yourself and it says, if it doesn't, you, even if something's wrong that you're saying to yourself, right? Like the whole, I don't want to go swimming. I'm too fat. I'm too blah, 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 blah. Your brain, it's not like your brain quiets down when it finds out that it's wrong. 
he writes, it simply adjusts its viewpoint and keeps on going. If you pay attention, these mental patterns will become obvious to you. It's actually a shocking realization when you first notice that your mind is constantly talking. You might even try to yell at it in a feeble attempt to shut it up. How many times have you done that? But then you realize that's the voice yelling at the voice. Shut up. I want to go to sleep. Why do you have to talk all the time? Obviously, you can't shut it up that way. The best way to free yourself from this incessant chatter is to step back and view it objectively. Just view the voice as a vocalizing mechanism that is capable of making it appear like someone is in there talking to you. Don't think about it. Just notice it, no matter what the voice is saying. See, that's what I'm talking about. The voice that tells me I shouldn't go swimming, I can't do this, blah, 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 blah. That's just your, your, uh, the chatterbox, man. It's just your, your brain trying to make sense of the world. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about practice. Most of your talking to yourself, it's a waste of time and energy. The truth is most of life will unfold in accordance with forces far outside of your control. Whew regardless of what your mind says about it. It's like sitting down at night and deciding whether you want the sun to come up. You can think about it all you want, but life is still going to keep on happening. If you're willing to be objective and watch all your thoughts, you will see the vast majority of them have no relevance, no effect on anything or anybody except you. They simply make you feel better or worse about what is going on now, what has gone on in the past and what might go on in the future. Do you really get that? Do you fucking fathom that, bros? Think about that. Everything that's happening is happening in your brain. Your brain talking to itself. That's massive. That is so massive. And that is the cause of almost all of your suffering. That's deep, bro. Did you realize that? That's the primary cause of your suffering is that it's the brain talking to itself, the brain that is sick and, you know, in some cases not accurate, telling you what's up with reality and then you bouncing that wrong reality back. Yikes. So hopefully you can calm your own brain down so that you don't see reality too, uh, too skewed. All right, let's fast forward a little bit because I, the narration makes you feel more comfortable about the world. That's what I told you. Okay. Okay, so this is the point. Basically, you recreate the outside world inside yourself. Do you understand that, dude? You're creating the outside world inside yourself, and then you live in your mind. So what if you decided not to do this? If you decide not to narrate, instead, just consciously observe the world, you will feel more open and exposed. This is because you really don't know what will happen next, and your mind is accustomed to helping you. It does this by processing your current experiences in a way that makes them fit with your views of the past and visions of the future. So basically, your brain has a hard time focusing on what's currently happening, and it likes to contextualize what's what's happened in the past so that you can understand it and prepare yourself. It's just a fight or flight, I think, a survival mechanism. Oh, I've been here before. Your brain goes, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen now. This guy's going to say that, and I'm going to do this, and everything's going to be great because I've done it. Because new experiences are very jolting to humans. We don't like to have anything uh, different. I don't blame you because it takes more information, more to process. And But what happens is you impose your past on your present. That's what you're doing all the time. Well, today's going to be like this because yesterday was like that. 
and it never allows for the actuality of events to unfold. That's deep, bro. And I know this because I'm dealing with something similar in my work life, right? In career life. I'm convinced for the longest time that, you know, X isn't happening because of Y and Z. But it turns out I've been wrong. I've been wrong. And I've had to ignore the story I'm telling myself in my head about why things aren't going this way for me and that. I'm telling you, if you just fucking ignore the voice in your head and just go forward, it's so much easier. Just, just go, thank you. Thank you for talking. Thank you for reminding me. And uh, let's move on with what I want to do. <laughs> right? Like we're trying to lose weight. Uh, the brains that you know what you want to do. You want to make some brownies. Let's make some brownies. Oh, wouldn't brownies be nice? Brownies, brownies, brownies. And then you go, yeah, but that works against what I want, which is to be thinner and happier right now because I'm too fat for my happiness. Okay, thank you, brain. Thank you for telling me I should sabotage myself and eat brownies, but that's not going to make me really happy. What's going to make me happy is uh, wearing less enormous jeans right now. Okay, there you go. Your inner growth from this book, The Untethered Untethered Soul. Your inner growth is completely dependent upon the realization that the only way to find peace and contentment is to stop thinking about yourself. Yikes. You're ready to grow when you finally realize that the I who is always talking inside, will never be content. It always has a problem with something. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? Honestly, when's the last time you really had nothing bothering you? Before you had your current problem, there was a different problem. And if you're wise, you will realize that after this one's gone, there will be another one. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay, so what's the way out? The only way out is to witness what your consciousness is doing. The only real solution is to take the seat of witness conscious, to take the seat of witness consciousness and completely change your frame of reference. To attain true inner freedom, you must be able to objectively watch your problems instead of being lost in them. No solution can possibly exist while you're lost in the energy of a problem. Now, how many times have people told you that, right? Don't, don't drive angry. <laughs> don't pick up the phone when you're pissed. Don't write that email when you're coming from a place of neediness. And love, oh man, don't call, don't call that person when you're uh, overly needy, when you're angry. Don't do it. Don't taint relationships that way. Don't taint things with the coming from that shitty energy, right? So uh, that's interesting, man. All problems are kind of the same, aren't they? Are they not? I mean, unless they're life-threatening. Even so, you know, Ram Dass, my, my, one of my favorite gurus, that poor man had a stroke and he found a way to make that part of the path, you know, noticing like, oh, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> I mean, that, that is amazing enlightenment, by the way, to be able to be that indifferent to your suffering. Holy shit. <sighs> All right, so here we go. What do we do? So you're not put on earth to suffer. You're not helping anybody by being miserable. Regardless of your philosophical beliefs, the fact remains you were born and you are going to die. Hey, don't we always talk about that on this show? (laughs) Yeah. Guess what? You're born, you're going to fucking die. And during the time in between, you get to choose whether or not you want to enjoy the experience. Events don't determine whether or not you're going to be happy. They're just events. You determine whether or not you're going to be happy. You can be happy just to be alive. You can be happy having all these things happen to you 
and then be happy to die. If you can live this way, your heart will be so open and your spirit will be so free and you will soar up to the heavens. That's deep, bro. Ain't that the truth? I mean, listen, and this really falls on, uh, hold on, this really falls on, um, shit. Oh, right. This really falls on, on the, the whole thing of like, you can't control it, guys. None of this can't control it. And and so many of us with the anxiety and the depression and the, uh, the isolation, the worry, the, the stress, and I'm saying if it's not clinical and I'm not diminishing anybody that has a clinical depression or something, not like that. I'm saying like, Hey, you know, you have your good days, your bad days. Sometimes the bad days outnumber the good. Just remember, just try to remember in, in the midst, like dudes, there's nothing you can do. All this shit is so out of your control. And the only way you can deal with it is to kind of stay within that mindset of like, eh, can't do shit about it. What was that? Did you hear that? This... Oh my God, that's scary. No, I think that's just people outside. Uh, nothing you can do. So you may as well go through the eye of the storm uh, calmly. I'm not saying happily. I don't think that's really possible. You would have to be an enlightened master to go through stuff happily. But I think calmly at, at the very least, Right. Anyway, this book tells you to do it happy. In the end, you can throw it all away and just make one basic underlying decision. Do you want to be happy or do you not want to be happy? It's really that simple. Once you make that choice, your path through life becomes totally clear. There you go. But someone might say, well, of course I want to be happy, but my wife left me. In other words, they want to be happy, but not if their wife leaves them. But that wasn't the question. The question was very simply, do you want to be happy or not? If you keep it that simple, you will see that it really is under your control. It's just that you have a deep-seated set of preferences that gets in your way, right? Like you want things, you want reality to be a certain way, right? The brain says, no, but I, I'm, I'm this way. Everything should be. Everything should be, right? Everything is, is good, but it should be better. Everything should be. And it's the should be's that make us miserable. It's the wanting the reality of the outside world to perfectly match what's happening on your inside. And that's really, sometimes it does match up and that is a maze, but guess what? It'll match up and you'll still find something to be upset about. (laughs) You'll still find a way to need to make things better, right? This is a perfect sunset. Let's make it better. I'm skinny. Let's get skinnier. I'm fit. Let's get fitter. I'm happy. I want to be treadmill, the treadmill, the good times, chasing the dragon of the good times. I want more, bigger, better. Oh, there's no way out guys, except to, to decide to be happy with whatever comes, I guess is what this book is saying is to be content with whatever comes. Actually, this guy, no, this guy says happy to be happy with whatever comes. I say content. I say not, not as upset perspective, right? Keep the perspective that this is just a contraction. This is just a contraction. And if you remember that eventually with a contraction, there is a space, however small. may start at seven minutes. You get free seven minutes in between contractions. Oh, that's a good rest. Five minutes in between contractions. Oh, that's a good rest. And I think resting in between stuff, maybe maybe that's the way to go and enjoying, quietly enjoying. But, um, you know, let's go have dinner. Okay. What are we going to do after dinner? 
well, let's have dessert. Let's go, let's go to Pinkberry. Great. Well, now what? Let's go see a movie. Now what? A movie was good. Okay, now let's go walk around the mall. Okay, well, let's go buy some stuff. Yeah, let's go buy some stuff. Well, let's take that home and let's just... Now what? Well, let's watch TV again. Okay. Oh, my stomach's so full from popcorn and from, <laughs> from P.F. Chang's. I'm, I'm so salty. I've eaten so much shit today. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> uh, fuck happy. Fuck happy. Just try not to freak out so much. Not get caught in it, right? Try not to. I guess the point for me is don't. I try, I try not to get caught up in the contractions and celebrate the space. Celebrate the the pauses in between the dramas. Just celebrate them, notice them. You know, don't have to keep chasing the dragon of the the pauses. Don't don't chase the dragon of the 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 happy times because that's I think that's it, right? That's the the drama. The good times will kill you if you're constantly chasing the highs, highs lows, highs lows, highs lows. It's exhausting. And and again, society will tell you you gotta be fucking ecstatically happy all the time you know I, it's funny i i watch how people deal with my kid strangers or relatives come over and it's so obnoxious what people do to babies the minute they see them they go really high right and they freak out on the kid all to elicit a smile right they want the kid to smile oh yeah look at him smiling at me oh, the kid really likes me Listen, the kid smiles at a turd. He, it's not you. The kid smiles at his hand. The kid smiles at ceiling fans. Don't, don't take it so personal. But that hi, constant hyper, hi, hi, you're happy. Look at, this is what it is to be happy, kiddo. Hey. And I, I just cringe at that kind of, uh, you know, over, overkill of emotion, phoniness with the kid. Because you know what? You can't be that way all the time. And I think that's, at least for me, you know, look, this kid's going to see me be me more than it's going to see, hi, hi, everybody's happy, right? We're doing it. Come on, look at me. Look over here. Like, Jesus Christ, Christ. (laughs) You know, just be normal. Stop fucking infantilizing my kid. Jeez. All right. Let's find another Revenge of the Nerds clip, dude. Uh, 25 great booger quotes. Well, hold on. Let me see. I want to find uh, the one where... Well, it's, it's a... Dawson Dudley. <laughs> Call me booger. <laughs> All right. Booger. <laughs> Rahim Taj. Uh, excuse, please, but why do they call you booger? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at, nerd? Oh, we already did this one. This is a 25 great... Booger quote. I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Good. Love Feeling booger. anything yet, Takashi? Oh, Booger, I feel messy. Oh, you better have another hit. <laughs> Takashi, that's another. Okay, Takashi, what do you got? Oh, I, like oh, I think I have a thrush. What the fuck thrush. is a thrush? A thrush. Oh, well, see, I got two sevens, and two sevens beats a thrush. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> two sevens beats a fresh now see that's another thing i mean they made fun of asian people like straight up back then now they released this movie there would be a twitter storm everybody would have to get on their high horse about how race racist and insensitive uh this is 
you know, there's a gay character they make fun of. Uh, there's, you know, the rapey scene I spoke of earlier. Every woman's group would be on this movie. Every Asian defamation, whatever the fuck, gay defamation. Uh, so great. All right, let's see what else Booger has to say. It makes me laugh. Mopery. Mopery is exposing yourself to a blind person. <laughs> Yeah, she's a nice girl. Big deal. Did you get in her pants? Yeah. She's not that kind of a girl, booger. Why? Does she have a penis? <laughs> uh, you gonna eat this? Dudley Dawson. There's this great scene where uh, he does the uh, the, bur- the burping contest. Oh, man. I think in comedy, that is one of the best moments is when booger belches and then he gives a, a nod to the audience, like, thank you. Like, he just won the Academy Award of Belching. It was so fucking funny, dude. God, I love this movie. All right. There you go, man. There's the pauses in between the small stuff. Enjoy the small shit. That's all that matters. Listen, you know, I've known comics that have all the money, the jets, the houses, and they're fucking miserable. I know every, I, I know all kinds of people. The, the, the secret is none of that shit matters. Enjoy the small stuff. Go get some coffee. Go get some coffee and watch people. That's really the best, isn't it? Oh, here, I made a list of other things that I like. I just thought, you know, if you're looking for inspiration, here's some shit to get excited about. John Hughes movies. Yes. 80s comedies. We covered that. Prince. Who fucking doesn't like Prince? I'm talking old school Prince. I'm talking, you know, Purple Rain. Listen to fucking Purple Rain. You listen to Purple Rain... And you email me and you tell me if you're still bummed out. That album is amazing. The Beach Boys? Okay, sometimes a little overkill. Sloop John B., amazing song. Amazing song. Uh, oh, I know. Here, let's play this. This is fucking great. Hold on. I played this for my kid the other day. He's a little afraid of the Beastie Boys, but come on. This is great, too. Right? Yeah, I don't hang out with those guys. Man, I ain't got nothing, nothing to do, do with those them. dudes. Man, I, I saw, saw your female with them, too. What's up with her? I've been hearing that she's been giving that stuff out to all them graffiti guys. Shut the fuck up, Chico, man. Go paint three of those mules for some of that ass. Oh, shit, right? That was good. Oh, Professor. What's another word for pirate treasure? Well, I think it's booty. Booty. What it is. Yes, I got the ball bounce in the fucking ball. And then you want to know why? Because I'm motherfucking chocolate. Oh, you want to get in a good mood? Beastie Boys. Hands down, the most positive motherfuckers on the planet. The Beastie Boys. And I'm so bummed that we lost one of them. These guys, positive energy. And not like in a shitty, annoying way. Move it. Check your head. Great album. Mm. Not rehearsing. Good, good. Yeah, listen to the Beasties, man. If you're ever fucking bummed out. These guys put me in the right the right frame of mind. Uh-oh, here we go. Touch me, cause I'm electric. And if you touch me, you'll get shocked. Oh, snaps. Okay. Oh. Why they get booty? Booty. Uh-oh. You got, you got, you got, you got, you got. You got the booming system, but it's lasting out, dude. You think it's chocolate milk, minus water down, you who? All right. Come on. It's good shit, man. It's always been. All right, Beastie Boys, positive energy. Listen to Beastie Boys. If you're bummed out, Pixies, come on. Does that go without saying? Love the Pixies. You know what's great? Money. 
I don't know who the fuck said money can't buy happiness. I mean, it kind of does. Like, temporary? Absolutely. Oh, shit. Okay. Sonic Youth. Love them. Screaming Fields of Sonic Love. Killer album. That one always, it's depressing, but I like it. Dogs? Always, dude. Listen, you can't be bummed out when you're petting a dog or a cat. It's impossible. Impossible. If you're depressed, get yourself a fucking dog and go rescue one, man. Don't get a purebred. We paid for one. It sucks. It's the worst dog I've ever had. Dogs are rad. Dogs and sweaters are better. I love a dog and a sweater. Cupcakes? Come on now. Who doesn't love a fucking cupcake? If you're bummed out, get out of your house. Go get yourself a cupcake. You cannot be depressed with a cupcake in your mouth. It's physically impossible. Just get one or 12. That's what we do. We usually get 12. And I just take a bite of every one. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much can you spend on cupcakes? Even if you're broke, what, maybe 10 bucks for a fucking dozen of cupcakes? Shit makes me happy. I like red velvet, anything chocolate. All right. The beach, that goes without saying, but some of you don't live near one. Beach is great. Bacon improves everything. Bras that fit. I love bras that fit. God damn, I love a bra that fits. If your bra doesn't fit right, your whole world is fucked up, you know? I don't know what the equivalent for men is. But I'm talking about a bra. Let's find another Beastie Boy song. Oh shit, ready? Oh, here we go. This is a good song too. On our new album. Okay. Here's some other shit that doesn't suck. Europe doesn't suck. You should go there. Not the Eastern one. Western Europe. Western Europe's a maze. Swimming. We talked about that. That's fun. Bjork. Google Bjork's interviews. She's a space alien. It's pretty funny. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Old school. Not that Johnny Depp bullshit. Old school Willy Wonka. Watch that. When you're bummed out, it makes you happy. Revenge of the Nerds. Morning. Obviously. Ah, oh, the poop tube. That's uh, Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great job. There's a sketch called the poop tube. Google that. Funny shit. John Spencer Blues Explosion. I don't know why that band isn't bigger. John Spencer is fucking amazing. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, and Bossa Nova. Brazilian Bossa Nova. Always. Always. All right. I don't know. That's all I got, guys. I uh, hope you have a great week. Don't strive to be happy. Just strive to not be shitty. Just strive not to be miserable. <laughs> all right. I love you. Oh, shit. Oh, 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 oh. Rock on. Can I tell you something? I don't know how many years ago now. Six years ago, I went to a wedding in Guanajuato, Mexico. My best friend, Shauna. We had a Beastie Boys dance party. That shit was the best, dude. The fucking... And it was all just Beastie Boys songs. Just Beastie Boys. I have never had that much fun in my entire life just dancing to these motherfuckers right here. Oh! All right. Let's dance. Let's have a dance party. Mike D and it's been proven. I love it when I talk about it.
philosophize with. Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's tea, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. track. All right, I had to play this one. Brilliant song. All right. Did she get you fucking pumped, bro? 